return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Last few days here, but uh, uh, communions this Sunday, we're, so we're celebrating forgiveness, we're celebrating healing, we're celebrating what he's done. We're celebrating the liberty that we have in Jesus Christ. So it's a fun day, amen? It's a fun day. It's a great celebration to, uh, to the Lord just to thank Him for His goodness. Hallelujah. Amen. We pray that people will get saved in your villages and areas in which we live, that the power of God, God will go forth and, and uh, touch many, many people. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus amen. In Jesus' name, great is our God. He is great, greatly to be praised. So, this week we were out, uh, well, the last days anyway, we were out in uh, Hungry Horse, Montana, which if you're familiar with Montana, there's Kalispell, and then there's a road that goes from Kalispell to Glacier Park. And near Glacier Park is a little place, a little spot of the road called Hungry Horse. And uh, there is a campground called Glacier, uh, Glacier Campground, it's owned by the Assemblies of God, but we go there and have a camp once a year for several days, and uh, really wonderful time. Really, you're in the forest, you're in the mountains, and uh, it's a great atmosphere. Families come from all over, actually, from uh, the Midwest here, from Minnesota and Wisconsin, even, and uh, Ohio and Washington, so forth, and then yeah. the, out the western states, too. So, very, very great time. What do you want to share about that well, time? Well, it was uh, saturating, I guess, is the first word that comes yeah. to me, because yeah. um, you've probably, maybe you've been in meetings where, uh, or conferences where it's just like, you're saturated with the word, yeah. and it's so good. So I thought, well, what should I share? And I uh, wrote several notes in my in a notebook, but I thought, well, I'll just grab my phone and just give a few snippets. So uh, sometimes snippets are just power packed, aren't they? Amen. Yeah, amen. So we were blessed um, to be with Rain. Um, we've been part of Rain Ministries for many, many years, and uh, Jim and Ramona Ricardo there, and they. Uh, bring in speakers that we've yeah. met over the years. Many have been here, many that you've heard many of. Many have now. been here. Uh, Rain stands for Resurrection Apostolic International Network. And um, uh, Wendy and Steve Backland were two of the speakers. And so during some of their sessions, I would uh, be grabbing my phone and just writing stuff. So I'm just going to read a few of those things. Yeah. So yeah. Um, praise and worship is huge, just as it is here. And uh, yeah. so it's, it's, it's so exciting that we can worship the Lord. Uh, here we can worship the Lord in Montana. Yeah, and, amen. Uh, we have one spirit, one faith, one baptism. Yep, yep. And um, there's just a unity of the faith and the bond of the spirit. And we're knit together in love. Yeah. Love never fails. God yeah. bless you, Peggy. Yeah. yeah. You're, you know, that a brother-in-law can say, thank you for loving me. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Going to heaven. So, um, well, so love people unconditionally. Um, yeah. Some of this might not all tie together, but just... just Take a bite of whatever you like. <laughs> Inspire someone who isn't like you. Come on. Yeah. Uh, we, sometimes we just want to like, if you're like me, then I'll like you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you're not like me, so I'm not going to like you. Yeah. Anyway, um, cheerfulness is one of the main evidences that 
shows that you've attached faith to what I'm doing. Yeah. If you're cheerful, yeah. it's an evidence that you've attached faith yeah. to what you're doing. Yeah. Think about it. Say yeah. that. Yeah. God, let's all declare this together. God is upgrading my decision making. Let's say that together. God, God is, is upgrading, upgrading my decision making. Let's say it one more time. I needed that. Do you need that? God, God is, is upgrading, upgrading my decision making. So uh, I really like that because we can be, you know, tossed to and fro or wonder. And a lot of times underneath that, it's fear-based. Yeah. Like, oh, am I going to make the right decision? But faith is attached to it. Yeah. And God will guide. My experiences, let's see. Um, I am cheerful in my decision-making, and I am a cheerful decider. Yeah. Okay, let's say that together. I, I am cheerful, cheerful in, in decision-making. I am a cheerful, cheerful decider. decider. You know what? That just takes away all the what if, oh, should I, did I, could I, would I, that doesn't it? And that actually comes from Second Corinthians 9, 6, you know, where it says yeah. God loves a cheerful giver. Right. But prior to that, prior it talks that. about that he made a decision. Okay, every man gives as he decides in his own heart. That's so good, yeah. So, so you've got to be a cheerful decider. You decide, hey, I'm going to give. Amen. And then, of course, leads from there. Amen. Amen. And, uh, you know, you can use that all day long. Yeah. I mean, simple things like, what should I make for supper? I'm going to make roast beef and potatoes. Say yay. Yay. <laughs> And, you know, you're, you'll be a cheerful decider and not second-guess everything. Come on, let's declare that. I'm Amen. not going to second-guess everything. I'm not going to second-guess it. Amen. Yeah. Cheerful receiver, that's <laughs> right, right. right. I receive. So this is a whole sermon in itself, but I will read this verse, too. Psalm 82, verse 6 and 7, I believe is the correct text. I have said, this is going to kind of blow you away, but we've heard it before. You all read your Bibles. I have said, ye are gods, little G's, and all of you are children of the Most High. But you shall die like man and fall like one of the princes. Anyway, in this text, is talking about, come on, rise up, take your authority. Yeah. God says, what does God say about us? Yeah. What does God say about you? He says, we are, G-O-D-S, <laughs> we are gods and children of the Most High. Yeah. So, we will fulfill what God has commanded us to do here on the yeah. earth. Um, let's see, just a few more, because uh, Pastor Dave has a message. And I'll tell you what, we can go around the world. Yeah. But this man has such an anointing. I love to hear him preach. And we can go around the world together, and I think a lot of you will come back home. Who just said, I'm home, I'm so glad I'm back home. To hear the word that's preached yeah. here. There's fresh anointings Amen. here. Fresh anointings. So many anointings. Yeah. How we see ourselves is how we will interpret the world. Mm-hmm. You can come up to me afterwards and say, what did you just say? You can. I'll repeat for you. I put this on Facebook, actually. But those who, both those who believe they can and those who believe they can't are both right. Comes from the 12, 12 spies. Ten said we can't, and they didn't. Two said they could, and they did. <laughs> it's all a matter of how you want to believe. You know, how you want to put it. Um, let's see. Just a couple more. 
Well, I always love, when we have women alive too, the testimony of Jesus yeah. is the spirit of prophecy. And like, you know, there was a testimony tonight of salvation. Yeah. And that anointing is like prophecy. Yeah. That it goes out into the airwaves. And it, it brings ability. It brings opportunity for us to lead someone to Jesus. Yeah. And pray the life prayer together. Amen. And that's from Revelation. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I'm so yeah. glad we can testify yeah. about Jesus here. Amen. Um, let's see. Hopelessness about your problem. <laughs> Sorry, I have to laugh at this because they laughed when they said it. The back ones can be very funny. Your hopelessness about your problem is a bigger problem than your problem. <laughs> Do you need to hear that again? Let's read it again. Your hopelessness about your problem is a bigger problem than your problem. Yeah. Come on, let's keep hope, hope alive. Amen. Amen. That's right. Let's declare that. I'm going to keep hope alive. I'm keep keep hope, hope alive. alive. Keep hope alive. Yes. We're transformed by renewing our minds, not by trying harder. Come on, That's someone right. needs that tonight. Amen. We're transformed by renewing our mind, not by trying harder. Mm-hmm. We've all been in, in that yep. place before, haven't works, we? I'm going to try works, harder. Yep. I'm going to be nicer. I'm going to, in the, you know, Without the spirit, try, try, try. But we renew our minds. Amen. That's how it happens. Amen. Okay, let's see. I'm going to say two more. Maybe that was it. Well, I'll just lot, say that was it. a lot more, yeah. But yeah, I didn't bring my notebook, yeah. but um, God bless you. Thank you for, if you prayed for us, if you missed us. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for your love. And uh, let's open up our ears. Father, thank you. Go ahead mm. and touch your ears. Lord, mm. thank you, Lord. We declare tonight our ears are open to yes, hear what are. the Spirit... This is not just an ordinary night. Yes, it's yes, not just a yes. Wednesday night hour of power. This is yes. a significant night in the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord. Our ears are open to hear what the Spirit is saying to the yeah. church today, here mm. in Brookings, at the tabernacle, mm. those listening around the world. Thank you, Lord. This word will profit you. This word mm. will benefit you. Mm. And we receive it in advance. In Jesus' name. Let's everyone shout. Amen. 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 Well, it was a fun time. Katie Souza was another speaker. So Katie Souza, Wendy Backlund, and Steve Backlund were the main speakers. And we go out just to be a blessing, to assist, to help, to do things also. And um, uh, it's, it's fun. We know a lot of people out there. We've met a lot of people. And... Uh, Great to just sit sit over a table and have coffee and talk and stuff too, which is good. And then many of the people through the years that we've had at the Tabernacle, including Steve Backlund, but uh, I met him at Bethel when we were out there for a conference. Uh, but people that we've met and so forth that then we invite to Brookings, little old Brookings. <laughs> and, uh, and there's more others that we've met and stuff that uh, we hope that will come here to the Tabernacle sometime too. So uh, very, very good. Uh, I'll mention a couple of things, just testimony-wise. One was with Carl. Carl is a is he looks like a rugged farmer. He came in, came in, and we were registering people and so forth. And he he's a cattle farmer in western Montana. Lived about two hours just just out of the mountain range there. And uh, uh, so he he uh, got a name tag. He said, "Can you write my name?" You know, well his hand just just. Brutal scar down, down his hand. So, oh, this happened. Just, I'm healing up, you know, but not real flexible yet. I said, well, what happened, Carl? He said, well, I was out feeding cattle, and my hand, his hand got stuck somehow in this auger. 
And it just, it tore it all, the, cut the vein, everything through. And uh, uh, so he got it out of the auger, but he's a long ways from home. He said he was like 40 miles from the nearest hospital and two hours from the main hospital. And so he, he got on his four-wheeler, and so he's trying to drive the four-wheeler, shift and drive the four-wheeler, but he has to go through a creek to get back to his place. And he said, of course, he's, he's bleeding profusely. Blood is profusely going down his leg and everything. And so he's got his arm, and he drives into this creek. And in his hurry, the water went over the engine and killed it. And so he's sitting in the creek, and he just he says, I'm bleeding to death. And he, he said, I didn't know what to do. So he just shouted, Jesus, start the engine! You know? And of course, yeah. in the natural, no way that that engine's going to start. And he said, boom, the engine kicked up and started. And he drove through the creek and got out and got to his house. And he said, he said the mechanic thought about, he said this mechanic thought about this for days. And he said, I still don't understand. There's no reason the water coming over that, that that engine should have started. So Carl got back to his house. Someone got him to the first hospital and then got him to a primary hospital and they saved his arm. And, uh, but it was a great testimony, you know, but you've got to have something in you. You're not going to call on the name of Jesus unless that's in you. And so here was Carl, you know, you would, you would, you look at him and you think, well, does this guy really love the Lord? Well, he really loved the Lord, you know. And uh, he said, if I'm gone for a few hours, I've got to go back, check some cattle, I'll be back again, you know. And, but just really, really loved the Lord. Yeah. And there were a few, there were some testimonies and so forth. But one, I was up one night with a microphone, this girl comes up. She's probably, I don't know, I suppose in her 20s or maybe she's 30, I don't know. Uh, as a sinner, she's at a party and so forth, and she's in a wrong life, but she's uh, fallen down a banister and her arm hits the thing and so this, her whole hand gets shattered, wrist and hand gets shattered. Yeah. And so she had a plate here in her wrist and screws and stuff, yeah. metal plate and screws. And at any rate, uh, she had prayer the one night, but uh, this one screw and her daddy was there. Of course, now she's living for the Lord. Hallelujah. And, uh, but the screw protruded out of her. You could see it. You could just press the screw. Anyway, it all dissolved. It was all gone. And her dad, too, just is gone. You know, you could take her hand, and there was no screw anymore, and her wrist moved perfectly normal. So, so she was, uh, of course, praising the Lord. Amen. She was praising God for his goodness and grace. And isn't God like that? You know, we've all made mistakes, and sometimes can make a mistake that has repercussions, and yet God is still bigger. We have to, have to always remember, he's bigger than anything that we ever, ever would face. He's just big. Say bigger. bigger. Just always bigger. So, okay, let's just run through a couple of scriptures. I don't know how far we'll get tonight, but, but uh, John 16, 33. Jesus has won the victory. Amen? Amen. So John 16, 33, Jesus said, I've spoken to you. That in me you'll have peace, in the world you'll have tribulation. Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So he's, he's given us this victory. So let's look at 1 Corinthians I think it's 15 there. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So notice what he gives us. What does he give us? He gives us victory. God's not giving you trouble. He's, he can only, remember, he can only give you what he's got. If, if in heaven it's all good, we all want to go to heaven, hallelujah, wonderful place, glorious place, 
And he said, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he can't give you what's not in heaven. He can only give you something good. So he gives us victory. Now, here's the question. If, you know, people think, well, if God gives me the victory, how come I don't have it? If God gives me victory, how come, uh, how come I don't see it in my life? How come, how come it's not there? And you have a lot of Christians that will just say, assume then, well, then it's not God's will. It's not God's will for me to walk in victory. Or that they just don't believe these verses. But actually, victory, he gives it to us, but sometimes we have to go claim it. We have to possess the promise. We have to possess the land. You have to go after it. You have to fight for it. Say fight. As a Christian, you're not meant to be passive, right? You're not meant to roll over in the things of life and let life roll over you and say, well, that's how I'm just a Christian suffering for the Lord. You're supposed to have some grit in you to want to fight for what is yours. Amen? You have to go after it. So why do we have to fight? Well, 1 Peter 5.8 says we have an adversary. So the, the whole thing of walking in victory means, now he, he's given it to me, so I'm going to pursue it. I have to go after it. The Bible talks about a fight of faith. So we have this adversary who, who tries to attack us. Now, what's the, big, what's the big weapon of the devil? One of the biggest weapons is lies. He's the father of lies. Jesus said that. So he lies to us to tell us, he, he wants us to rely on our feelings, which will never help us, amen. And we have to walk by faith or we're going to be discouraged. So one of the big things the devil has is lies. So that's why we have to fight, all right? The, the weapon that the devil has is lies. That's, that's a weapon of the devil. But we have weapons, plural. We have many weapons. And so we have to fight back to take back what is ours. So if it's been given to us, it's ours, right? Amen. And the promised land, the promised land was already given to them. But they had to go get it. They had to go possess it. Yeah. Promises in the Bible are given to us. So it's, it's like a gift. It's yours. But then you have to go claim it. You have to go possess what is yours. Amen? Yeah. Hebrews 10 says that Jesus... Uh, is, is he offered one sacrifice for sins forever. Now, he sat down at the right hand of God, and he's waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. Who is, who is God waiting for? Waiting for us. So many times, we're Christian, I'm just waiting on the Lord, I'm waiting for God to do something, and God says, and I'm waiting for you to do something. Amen. We're, we're waiting for things that God asked us to do. Amen. We have responsibility. So you have to, if, if you're being attacked, and you say, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me. He's waiting for you. Like, like Jesus prayed for Peter, he said, Satan is going to try to sift you like wheat, shake you enough to, to separate you from your faith. And Jesus said, I'm not praying against the devil. I'm praying that your faith would not fail. In other words, that Peter, you'll have enough gumption to stand strong. You're going to get hit. Whack. <laughs> And you've got to stand strong against what the enemy is bringing against you. You have to fight the fight of faith. So many times we're praying for things that God says, I, I, I want you to do that. In other words, you can be an answer to your own prayer. Like witnessing even. I can pray for someone to get saved. But if I know them or close to them, better that I go witness. So I'm planting seeds, then the Holy Spirit can work with those seeds. Amen? See, even like... Even like things like, uh, 
you know, we know God, you know walls can't keep God out. So people can build walls and protect themselves and so forth. But God is bigger than that. God can speak people, speak to people in the night seasons. He can send someone. Remember, who was it that spoke to, the, to uh, uh, Elijah's, Elijah's uh, wife? She's a maid. She captured her out of Israel. And she says, I wish you knew about the prophet in Israel. He'd deliver him from his leprosy. What did she do? She planted a seed. And from there, Elisha, the king of Syria, sends, sends Naaman into Israel to get healed. Where did that happen? Though? It started with the seed that the Israelite maid, who was, a, you know, whatever happened to her family, we don't know. She's a captive. But she tells the truth, witnesses the truth. You need to, the man of God for healing. And that's what spurred Naaman then to go and seek him for his healing. There has to be a witness there, right? So you have to do something. So answers to prayer many times are coming through us. So Jesus is waiting. Jesus is waiting for who? You say, say me. Jesus is waiting for me. Turn your neighbor and say, Jesus is waiting for you. We can do a lot of things, folks. Like, like just passively in our homes and so forth. But I want to tell you, this is a time where God wants movement. We're doing something actively. Amen? Amen. I mean, we pray a lot, but I tell you what, then you want to go do something. Amen? You want to do something. You want to witness. You want to tell somebody. I, I witnessed a ton to my family for years. They didn't like it, but I planted seed, planted seed, planted seed, planted seed, and finally they got saved. So you have to do something, amen? You have to show love. You have to go out and act out the word of God. So Jesus is waiting for us to do the work that he asks us to do. He said to go into all the world and preach the gospel to everybody. So he didn't say go into all the world and pray. He said go into all the world and preach the gospel. Big difference. Amen? It's a big difference. One is you're praying. Great. But he said, he didn't go say, go in the world and pray. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen? Preach about Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? So the promises of God are given to us to accomplish the works of God. Amen. Most churches, most churches, people come and they sit, they hear about they hear about the Lord and they think, okay, God has everything under control. It's all in God's hands. And they walk out and whatever happens, happens. That's what they're taught. However, that's not biblical. It's not biblical. So Jesus, even, even look at the disciples. Jesus always expected them to do something with what he gave them. He sent them out. By, by the sent out the 12 and he sent out the 70. When he left, he said, I want you to go and preach the gospel everywhere. And that's exactly what they did. They declared truth everywhere. So so we have this responsibility to do what the Word of God asks us to do, right? In other words, whatever in the Scripture, you have to fight for what's yours. Many people are praying. They're praying about something and so forth. It's like, okay, now go do something. Yeah, but that means Pastor Rand had an altar call about being bold and so forth and witnesses and different things. And yeah, that's what you have to do. You have to resist fear. The devil does what? He lies. He lies to get us to believe something that's not true. That says, well, you're not powerful. You can't do it. They're not going to like you, whatever. 
So you have to go after what is yours. If someone came and gave you the deed to a house, if they gave you the deed to the house, you say, wow, thank you, Jesus, wow, that's wonderful. Okay, now you go to where that house is at, that city or that neighborhood, and you drive up to the house and you see, well, there's a car there in the driveway. And you go and they knock on the door of the house and you think, and then someone's living there in the house. And you're thinking, wait, wait a minute, this is the right address, this is the house given to me, this is my house. They say, no, no, it's not, no, it's not, it's my house. So what are you going to do? If you know what you've been given, if you have the deed, that's exactly right, you go and evict the people. You stake claim to what is yours. And sadly, you know, there's a famine of hearing the word of God. So most people don't know the Bible. Most Christians, forget about the world, most Christians don't know the Bible. So many people are flailing in life. They don't, they don't know any scripture hardly. Hardly any scripture. Very sad. So if you don't know the scripture, what you don't know is going to hurt you, right? The less you know, the more in bondage you are. The more you know, the more it sets us free to know the truth that sets us free. So if I know what the scripture says, and I realize this is being occupied by an adversary, I have to go and evict him. See, and sometimes we think, oh, that's that's really hard. It's not hard at all. If someone's living in my house and I have the deed, all I'm going to do is walk up and the sheriff's behind me. You've got the authority of the Holy Ghost behind you, by the way. And you can say, no, I'm sorry, it's my house. Get out and get out now. And they're going to look at me and, of course, the authority in me or behind me. Okay, we're out. Come on, honey, we're out. They're going to leave. Because you have the proof. You have the promises. You have the word of God. You have the deed. You know, and many things in life, folks, people suffer. Think think about this. How many Christians say, I want to pray for you, if it's his will. Oh, boy, that's a vomit comment. If it's his will, and you hear that again and again from Christians that love God, sincere people, so forth. Not a question of their Christianity, but they don't know the scripture. Oh, it's his will that he dies now. Oh, it's his will they have cancer. Well, whatever God's will is, whatever God's, and they don't know the scripture. So they can pray. They can pray till the cows come home. Oh Lord, well, whatever Your will is. They can have prayer meetings. They can fast fifty days. Nothing's going to happen. Why? No deed. No authority behind it. No eviction notice. Ha ha ha! Devil. Ha ha ha! Believe in that lie. That's a good one. We got them biting on that one. So, so knowing the Scripture gives us authority to possess the promises to go and take the deed to say. That's mine. Amen? You know, Hebrews talks about the Word of God. It refers to it like a sword, like a sharp two-edged sword, right? Hebrews 4. So it refers to the Word of God like a sword. And then you go to Ephesians. You're going to Ephesians chapter 6. And then it talks about the battle that we face, right? We're fighting this spiritual battle. We're fighting this warfare, right? So the, so the, the enemy says, be strong in the power of his might. In his might, all right? So we have put on the whole armor of God that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. So we're putting on this armor. And of course, you know all the pieces of the armor. But then it brings up the whole fact of a sword. A lot of Christians, what happens is, 
You only got the sword on their side, and it never gets pulled out. It's there. People have Bibles. Thank God for the Gideons. They got Bibles. Things like, oh, I got the Bible. Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I love the Lord. But a sword is only good if you use it. Right? So, so who are you using the sword on? Well, here in the context, Ephesians 6, you have, a, you have an adversary. You have someone, spiritual battles. You're using the sword on the enemy, Right? And what are we doing with the sword? We're cutting apart all those lies that the enemy says. Says you can't do it, you're not strong enough, you're not capable, who are you? There's all kinds of things that betray us that the enemy, enemy wants to lie to us and we don't feel, I don't feel anointed. <laughs> it doesn't come down to a feeling, it comes down to what's, what the truth is, Right? So, verse 17 there, Ephesians 6, 17, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, but the sword of the Spirit is used against the lies of the devil. When Jesus was tempted, he just went back and used the sword. You know, you know so many people, they're fighting, I resist you, devil, I stand against you, devil. You know, like, devil, devil, devil. Just use the Word of God. Well, that's not true. I just believe what the Bible says. Yeah, people say, well, you can't be happy all the time. Well, that's not true. The joy of the Lord is your strength, and Christ lives in. I, uh, I haven't met Jesus yet where he has a down day. Amen. You have to stop and think, who lives in you? Who's, in, who's on the inside of you? People say, well, you can't, always, you can't always be up. Who lives in you? Is Jesus always up? I think he is. Amen. See, we want to frame some of our theology around our experience, and even the word that Jeannie said, we're trying... Folks, you know, there's a place that we just, we just do the Word of God. You know, we, we stand on the Word of God. The Word is the Word, and you have to go possess it. You have to take ownership of it. The devil isn't going to move over because you're a Christian, you're a nice person. I met a pa- years ago a pastor in town. I said, Pastor Dave, now listen, you've got to understand Sister so-and-so in another church. and Boy, she was a godly woman and she did this and this and that. And of course, she died of cancer. And you can't tell me that's, God's, that's not God's will. And I said, when, when did you shape your theology on your experience? Look in the Bible. Where, did, where was that in the New Testament? I just challenged him. You know, he was just a fundamental pastor, but I just challenged him. Show me that in the Bible. Jesus healed people. She went to heaven. Hallelujah. But let's not call it God. Let's not say that was God's will. Amen. See, people, people do what? They pray, they believe, it doesn't happen, so then the next assumption, well, it's the will of God. As if their, prayer, their faith is so strong, I had perfect faith, they died, must have been God's will. <laughs> I always tell people, as long as you have breath, I don't care if you're unconscious or what, as long as you have breath, I'm praying that you recover. Not planning your funeral. I don't care if you're 120 years old. I'm going to pray that you recover. If you die, we'll have a celebration. But if you don't, we're going to celebrate for the victory. Amen? The will of God is healing. Amen? The will of God is healing. Even like people think, you know, well, they're old. You have to die. Well, people die of cancer and all the heart things and all the things. Yeah, I know that. But let's, why don't we just start dying like they do in the Bible? The scripture, what the scripture does is it challenges us to believe things. 
Second, well, just one more, Second Peter. So you take things like this, and you see that grace and peace is multiplied to us. So Christians should be walking around with great grace and great peace. And many times I'm seeing Christians walking around frazzled, discouraged, you know, the world's got them, you know, and all the world stuff, and so it's like, what are you looking at the world for? And as I tell American Christians, if the things right now get your life out of whack, boy, you're in trouble. You're in a heap of trouble. Because we're living in good times. So if what, what things right now in the world, if this really, oh, I really need prayer, you got trouble. You got serious trouble. Because these are good times. And folks, the things that we face Basically to the world like a pimple. It's nothing. So you take assessment. Wow, I'm, I'm really nervous. I'm really worried. I'm really worried. What do you want to do? Well, you're not going to get help from the world. And the TV surely isn't going to help you. You better run to the one who's the author and finisher of your faith, Jesus Christ. Right? Because he will bring grace and peace multiplied to you through the knowledge, through the word of God, through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Savior. He's going to multiply it. I mean, I, I like the one, and I think, it, I think it was Smith Wigglesworth, but anyway, he wakes up in the middle of the night. The devil's at the foot of the bed. And he wakes up and he says, oh, it's you. Just you. He goes back to sleep. You know, people get more credit to the devil and demons than they do to the Holy Spirit and God Almighty. You know, oh, the devil's doing this. So what? What isn't is not God greater? I mean, I mean, think about it. Think about this. We have we have one fallen angel, a fallen angel. Now we've got myriads of angels that are good. God Almighty with all the creator of the universe. See, at some point Christians have to act like they're Christians. They have to act like they, have, they should act like the Bible's true. Amen. His divine power has given us to all things that pertain to life and godliness. Folks, this is not in heaven. This is right now. Because in heaven, you're not going to need it. Right. Amen. I'm not going to need the things that pertain to life because God everything that pertains to life. So right now, now think of this. Oh, we're up to time. But all things, say all things. All Everything things. that pertains to life and godliness. But now here's the key. Through the knowledge of him who's called you. So if Christians don't know your, their Bible, well, then they, they're clueless. They're walking around with, with a sword over here. They've got a deed in their pocket and don't know it. And the devil runs right over them. And they say, must be the will of God. God has everything under control. That statement is right out of hell. If you're listening right now and you're saying that statement, I challenge you. Because if you're saying God has everything under control, then every hellacious thing going on on the planet is God's will. And it's not. He's not murdering women, babies, and cutting people's head off and killing people with disease. He's not doing that. So quit saying he's got everything under control when he's not. He doesn't. He doesn't do that. It gives your God a black eye. The devil loves it. Ha! Ah, throw some more mud at him. Yeah, blame him for that stuff. Yeah. And it's because people do not know the truth. 
Through the knowledge of Him. Wow. And if people would just read their Bible and realize it is a new covenant with better promises. And it is for everybody today. Wow. The people that prophesy out of the old and this and that. So, folks, never listen to it. And people prophesy in judgment, don't even listen to it. You got a lot of mean Christians out there. You got a lot of mean spirit filled people out there. But they're prophesying out of their spirit. And they're prophesying out of the Old Testament, not out of the New. I just want to say this God loves people. And you're not going to get away from that. He loves people. And he loves it when we love people, whoever they are, whoever they are, that we love people. Amen? Amen. We're kind of up to time here. But take that. Take that. Take the, take the book that's got the deeds in it for your ownership, for you to have in your life. And you can have it, live it. Earn it. No, I mean, it's like your grace and peace is multiplied. Multiplied. Amen? That's just, you got something here? I'm going to pray. Do a couple examples of what you just said to take the, take the word. Let's all stand up together. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You've given us a sword. Everybody got your sword either on your phone or your sword in your your Bible. Thank you, Lord. And it's a two-edged sword in the hand of believers. And it comes out of our mouth and it's creative. So I'll just make a few declarations here. Then you can close in prayer. I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens through me. Through Christ who strengthens I me. I am empowered with the I, power of God. I am empowered with the power of God. I am the head and not the tail. I'm the head and not the I'm tail. I'm above only, not beneath. I'm above only. Everything I set my hand to prospers. Everything I set my hand to prospers. Everything I do, I walk in God's favor. Everything I do, I walk in God's favor. I am stamped with favor. I am stamped with favor. I am not unworthy. I am not unworthy. I am valuable. I am valuable. I am called by God. I am called by God. He's anointed me with his spirit. He has anointed me with his spirit. I have purpose. I have purpose. And I will walk on purpose in my call. I will walk on purpose in my calling. Thank you, Lord. I can use the sword. I can use the sword. And be effective. And be effective. To spread your word around the world. To spread your word around the world. Go ahead and pray, Pastor Dave. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father. For each person here, each person listening. Thank you for your blessing, your covering. Lord, I thank you. You're taking us higher. You're lifting us higher. You're giving us greater vision, greater victory being manifested. Victory, victory, victory in Jesus' name. Grace and peace multiplied in Jesus' name. The promises coming alive in Jesus' name. I thank you that these people have authority. They are empowered. They are empowered to walk in your spirit and to walk, Lord, in great victory. Lord, I thank you for blessing them tonight here and around the world in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. 
For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.